I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Testing, testing. How long for the porridge? Hello, hello. Amazing. Good morning. You are listening to the Mold to Gold podcast, the very first podcast. I have the great pleasure of interviewing one of my MISO heroes. Um, she is a big hitter in the, in the MISO world. She's in 3,000 stores worldwide as far away as Australia. She has been in business for eight years, uh, started in 2014, and has produced 200 tons of miso to date. So <laughs> compared to my one ton this year, that is uh, <laughs> that's amazing. So um, yeah, here is uh, Bonnie Chung. Thank you. Lovely to be on your show. I'm very excited to talk to you about miso. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to just uh, start off by getting your your origin story. Your how did you how did you start off? Where were you before mm-hmm. uh, miso tasty? How did sure. you get into it? Yeah, a bit like yourself, really. So I worked as a chef and was using miso in loads of my cooking. You know, and I always did a lot of catering. I was working in different restaurants, and actually, I was always sneaking a bit of miso into dishes because it adds so much flavour. And what I realised was that it was very difficult to get good miso or much choice in miso in the UK at the time. So I decided to start Miso Tasty to try and do something about that. And uh, yeah, eight years on, we're still on that mission. Um, we're still trying to get more people to try miso and to incorporate it in their in their daily cooking. Uh, it's still a challenge, but we're sort of make, we feel like we're making some progress now <laughs> after eight years. Wow. <laughs> it's, wow, it's, uh, it's considered quite niche, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's even now it's considered niche. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll speak to some chefs and they'll know a miso aubergine. Mm, <laughs> or, exactly. And most consumers, they'll go as far as a miso soup. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think most people, when they think of miso, they're thinking about recreating a Japanese dish rather than treating it as a, a really exciting ingredient that is, that's multi-purpose. So I think that, that transition is still happening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so how do you... Um, 
on your, on your website it says mm. you spent was it three years before you before you got your product to market? Exactly. Can you tell me about that? Oh, it was awful. It was uh, really tough. Uh, although the three years went by very quickly because I genuinely thought throughout those three years, I was I always thought I was just around the corner from finding the right partner to manufacture the miso. So we just we had over sixty failed manufacturing trials across the UK and Europe before we finally found our partner. So, so for three years, we worked through every manufacturer who could potentially work with us in the UK and Europe. So we were, we spent three years actually just trying to do that. Um, And yeah, it was really tough because at the beginning, um, when you're working with a manufacturer, they they want to know who you are and how big your business is. And when you're a startup, they think you're just really high risk uh, because essentially to make me so outside of Japan it was um, it required a lot of equipment investment when you're making at scale and so manufacturers just didn't want to go there didn't want to take that risk with me so it took years to find the right partner we would find some manufacturers who could make it but weren't willing to make it we had some manufacturers who just couldn't make it and we had a lot of exploding soybeans and lots of um, you know miso being stuck in different pipes and not being able to get it out and we had so many problems of trying to make it and then when you do find someone who can make it they might not be willing okay. to make it or to offer you offer you a place to make it so that took three years before we finally launched eight years ago wow. so I've been dedicating my life to miso for more than a decade now and uh, still still feel like I'm at the beginning, most days, to be honest, <laughs> the challenges are real. <laughs> and you, um, how did you? You say your producer is in Japan. Yes. Mm. Did you have any intros, or how, how did you make those contacts? Um, so, to, looking back, I wish I went there first, but it took me three years to decide that we had to go to Japan. Um, I really wanted to make it up in the UK because I thought that would be so special to try and recreate a craft. But in the end, uh, it, we, um, we, uh, we found a partner who was really open. Um, most miso makers in Japan are family businesses and they're, very, well, they're not so open to consider a new recipe. So that was kind of the big challenge about working in Japan. But I think everything, everything definitely led to that point where uh, by the time we actually met some manufacturers in Japan, my knowledge of miso and production had gotten so good after three years that they were willing to take me seriously. Uh, okay. I think I think I had to go on that journey actually yeah, yeah. in hindsight. Um, even though you know, if we'd just gone to Japan in year one, perhaps perhaps we wouldn't have found the right partner. So we went on a really long journey and finally found our our makers three years later, who were really open to trying our recipe and were actually just very excited that I had dedicated so much time to to their ingredients for so long already so they were willing to work with me and they're still our manufacturers now um so yeah we we still only work with one maker and you and it's in this very specific area of japan Mm. now yeah yeah exactly in nagano in japan where actually a lot of miso is made in that area it's kind of seen as um, an area where there's good water from, from the spring um, it's a real spring town, a bit like Bath here. So the water, everything is considered like the best for miso making, soy sauce making, uh, sake as well, of course. So it's an area, it's a real foodie area where a lot of these um, ingredients are made. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I saw recently on Instagram you you made a post about when you first shipped to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> you were able to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it was quite traumatic. I mean, I think. Um, 
we always wanted to um, to take our products outside of the UK, um, having now been in the supermarkets for a couple of years now. We never expected to take it all the way to Australia. And uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the whole um, um, logistics piece. You know, uh, our miso is packed in glass uh, and most miso in Asia is packed in plastic. So all the sort of um, issues around logistics is uh, heightened when you have something that's breakable. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, but it's crazy. We were in uh, over 1200 stores in Australia now and it's selling really well. And, and, um, you know, with, with, um, so far only been there for a year, but it seems to be selling, you know, close to what UK is selling now. So it's really, um, really grown. I think because in Australia, there's just that closeness to Asian cuisine. Yeah. There's that familiarity. Ah, it's not so far. And yeah, so yeah, so re- yeah, uh, Australia is, uh, we also export to Europe now as well, but Australia is uh, a big challenge because it takes three months by boat to get there. <laughs> you, and you said you had a, mm. was there a barcode issue with the first shipment? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, um, for the first sh- shipment, the night before actually, or maybe it was two nights before, we discovered that all the barcodes on every box was wrong. It was the wrong size, so it wouldn't have scanned. And uh, we didn't we didn't realise that that was a, a difference of an international standard. So for the 48 hours, we had to uh, cancel our container, which we had booked, which is a really expensive um, thing to have to do. And then we had to hand relabel all, I think it was 32,000. By hand? Yeah, by hand. <laughs> How long does uh, that take? So there were a team of 12 people to wow. do that. Um, the, the, um, yeah. Uh, we have we have very good very good suppliers who are able to help us with that so we and then we had to rebook the container and then try and get it on the same ship that was the, the same vessel that was leaving uh, <laughs> but yeah it's a, it's a it's a difficult way to learn <laughs> yeah yeah wow and um you also posted recently about going into um into sainsbury's mm-hmm. how did that meeting go yeah, really well actually. Um, to, after two months or two months, two years of not meeting any buyers face to face, it's been so lovely to to be able to go in and see the buyers and show them the products and get them to taste new products. Uh, ordinarily, you'd be seeing a buyer every um, maybe two three times a year. You'd see them, show them new product, review your performance, etc. So yeah, really good, really good. We've got some exciting new products uh, launching next year. So. Um, uh, pleased to be seeing the buyers again. We ordinarily um, would take the buyers out to different restaurants, to Japanese supermarkets, to re-show them our yeah. miso world, because it is quite new to a lot of buyers as well. So getting them educated on what is good miso and, 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 um, and what types they need in their store, it's sort of part of the, the work with them, is to actually yeah. educate the buyers to know what they're looking for. Okay. Mm. And do you, would you be able to... Um give any advice to small brands who are trying to get into into bigger uh, retailers and supermarkets? Sure, I mean obviously a very different category to category but I think the most important thing is that you need to um, really be memorable in your meetings so um, I do it through you know really um, you know if I do a pitch I'll do it in, in an imaginative way so maybe I've made them lunch and everything, the whole lunch has been made up with different products or I make them a little like um, uh, sort of a bento box of different layers with the presentation that's hidden inside or you know, something that's like makes you memorable. Yeah. I think that's really important just because there are so many, the buyers see so many pictures, so many slides, 
you know so you want to do something i think in food to do something very tangible mm-hmm. um you know send them you know when we first pitched to sainsbury's i remember um it, we only had a range of miso soups then so when we're having the miso soups we would, i would send them like a sushi box with the miso soup as an accompaniment to really demonstrate you know this is a typical eating occasion they might not have tried sushi before <laughs> even at that time you know, eight years yeah. ago so you know it's all about like giving them context for your product if you've chosen something very uh, niche to go into if you've chosen something very mainstream to go into you really need to be really focused on what you're bringing that's different and um and how much you'll be bringing to that space you know, are you bringing a new audience are you bringing um you know different demographic to your their space and to really understand what the supermarket strategy is I think that's really important that you're not just sort of telling them what you can offer, but how that aligns with what they are saying that they're looking for. Okay. So, for example, at the moment, a lot of supermarkets are looking for um, low sugar items or high, uh, gluten-free items. Or you know, you try and understand. Or oh, they're looking for high innovation. Um, uh, in which case, you know, if you're offering something them a bit different, you might offer them exclusivity to try and lock in the innovation with them. So it's about really doing your homework on that customer and understand what their strategy is before you align your products to theirs. Mm. I would, um, I'd like to taste some of your misos now. You've got awesome, yeah, great. I mean, I'm having tasted some of yours. I feel like these are. Uh, <laughs> Pale in comparison. We just, uh, <laughs> we, just <laughs> we just did a story um, with uh, with Chris, um, who work, who works with Miso Tasty, tasting all of my experiments, which are here. Mm. Um, so we were tasting pizza miso, yeah, Greg's sausage roll miso, um, Happy Meal miso, my favourite, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, cola bottle miso, mm-hmm. and um, badger bean miso. So I mean, they've really, they've just absolutely blown my mind. Um, I just, I know you can miso most things, but I've never tried to. And certainly not, I would have, you know, I've misoed other grains, uh-huh. but I've never thought of going down the Greg sausage roll uh, <laughs> Happy Meal route. So this is uh, really, really fascinating. I think it's really, I just, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. It's so fun. Uh, yeah. Okay. So are these are these your, um, hmm. like your original products? You yeah. Yeah, these are the, the ones that are, I mean, um, after all these years, our pure miso paste are still our biggest sellers yeah. because I think most people want to use miso in a very um, natural way, so they're adding it to their recipes. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've got um, we've got an organic white and an organic red miso. Um, and um, for us, the, um, the the red miso is actually an unfiltered miso, so a bit more like yours, it's sort of kept the, sort of the grain and texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the white miso generally is used for things like marinades and sauces, so we've actually filtered that to make it a bit smoother for usage. Nice. Mm-hmm. No, it's really nice. The um, I've just tasted the the organic white miso. Mm-hmm. So this one's been fermented between four and six months before we uh, take it out of the the the, the, vat, the the vat to bring it over by ship, basically. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a really level, um, long flavour. Mm-hmm. It's really creamy. Mm. And so you jar them, sorry, in, in Japan or they get shipped? We actually jar them here. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, so we bring it in bulk um, and we, we, we do it's all hand, hand jarred in the UK. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the organic red, red miso. miso. Yeah. So this is made with soybeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them are soybeans and rice koji. So can you tell us the... Um, 
what makes it white and what makes it mm. um, red. Yeah, so I mean a lot of com- a lot of factors, but the main ones would be um, time of fermentation. So the red miso is fermented six and nine months. Um, this is three to four months. So the time the time they've been allowed to ferment in the in in, in the set temperatures has been um, is different. Uh, secondly, um, the uh, what was I going to say? The, um, the, the uh, this is filtered the white miso, so it's a smoother texture. The red miso is unfiltered, so it's got kind of more of a rustic texture about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. It's like a, a deeper, mm-hmm. yeah, deeper, more caramelly, mm-hmm. dark flavour. Yeah, yeah. Although a lot of people don't know what to do with the different types, so we always try and encourage people to. So seek out different uses of the two. I often blend them, uh, blend them for making miso soup, marinades. Oh, really? I find it much more balanced. Okay. Um, usually like a 40-60 blend of white to red, just to get, that's what I would normally use to make a miso soup, for instance. 40 white to mm-hmm. 60 red. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, but like you, I love making miso butters out of them both. I mean, this creates a more, the red miso creates a more tangy flavor. The white one is more creamy. And um, so you're yeah. folding. <coughs> What's your ratio of butter to miso? I generally go if it's um, an unsalted butter, I normally just go either fifty-fifty or sixty-forty on the miso. Uh, awesome. If I want a little bit stronger than that, mm. yeah, yeah. No, it's really versatile. And then just straight mm-hmm. on the toast. Love it on toast. Love it on um, potatoes as well. Jacket potatoes like on top of that, um, or um, uh, whip it um, on sweet corn. Great on cobs. Sweet corn cobs is really I nice. S- I saw a recipe for one of my mm. favourite dishes, mm-hmm. uh, spaghetti bolognese. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. on your on your page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's it's almost one of the hardest things about selling miso is how mm. versatile it is. Yeah, yeah. And how many uses it can have. It's exactly. almost like what what can't you exactly what can't you put it with exactly. So for people who are less uh, confident in the kitchen, telling them that they can put it in anything is actually quite intimidating. So we try to sort of suggest some everyday dishes that they can sort of add it to. So um, like miso butter, we say add it to your vegetables when you're steaming them on top or you can um, you can whip it or you can put it on toast or your everyday yeah. usages, exactly. So before yeah. I let you go, mm-hmm. we're gonna have to, for the, for the listeners, taste this sausage roll miso one more time. Amazing. So this is this is my first and my most my most proud experiment. I love it. So this is where all starts. <laughs> this is it's where a, all began. It's a Greg sausage roll. Awesome. So do you ever worry that you know that it that um anything anything that you make might make you ill? <laughs> <laughs> in case in case it sort of it didn't ferment as well, would you be able to tell if it wasn't if it wrong? Yeah, I think um, we we can tr- we can actually trust our bodies so so much when it yeah. comes to what what poisons us like we have all of this apparatus that's evolved with us mm. like if you ferment something only if you put koji the main ingredient of miso just with a fat mm. it will make fatty acids mm-hmm. and a small amount of fatty acids are good because it's like the blue cheese smell you get but if it's only fat that you're fermenting it will it gets beyond a threshold where, where you just mm. want to vomit yeah and so <laughs> Your body yeah. won't actually let you put that inside yeah. you, yeah. because it knows it's like <laughs> there are certain things that are red, yeah. <laughs> red cards. Yeah. We've evolved to, to know. Yeah. And some of the some of the misos when they're fermenting, you will get molds appear on mm. the surface where mm-hmm. it's interacting with yeah. the with the oxygen. But like very similar to a kombucha mother, mm-hmm. how, how it produces this cellulose yeah. 
alien yeah. type layer on the top. It's like a protection. It's a protection to keep other molds yeah. out. So once yeah. you once you take away the top layer, yeah. all the rest of it is. It's fine. It's, it's good all to go, protected yeah. and ready. Yeah. No, I love I love these and the textures of them as well. They're all quite soft and um, they've got a bit of texture to them. So I can imagine they would sort of be added into dishes quite easily because it would blend well. You know, because I think sometimes when miso is too sticky. It's kind of quite difficult to make it into a sauce or things like that. But mm -hmm. here, I think all your misos tend to have quite a loose structure. So actually, it, I think it would be you know easy to blend and add to other dishes. Love it. Thank you so mm. much. <laughs> oh, I will. Um, I will leave it there. I will. I'll let you get back to how many hats are you wearing today? <laughs> <laughs> Probably about four. We've had a had a bit of a manic morning of people. Um, falling in sick or having a tube strike issue so typical entrepreneur day where you're sort of running from supply chain to marketing to then sales <laughs> and everything in between but yeah well, the day always the days always go quickly that's a good thing yeah, yeah no doubt no well thank you so much it's been it's always a pleasure seeing the content that you're making and the products that you're coming out with are incredible so thank you it's been such a privilege no thank you i couldn't i couldn't wait to try the the greg sushi roll when i saw <laughs> when i saw your posting about that i was like no that's not possible surely <laughs> but it is and it's delicious so yeah we'll have to um if you um we'll, we'll have to do a class where we do a miso making class together would love to that would be awesome i think lots of people would be really excited to try and yeah. make their own walker's crisp miso <laughs> or something yeah. like that <laughs> Great. Thank you. Cool. There you have it. Our first episode. Thank you so much if you made it this far. I am so grateful for for you listening. See you next week. And thanks again so much to Bonnie Chung for her time. The busiest woman in the miso world. Ta-da. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.